0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, fans. Welcome to episode forty-eight of the Big Fly Pod with your co host Vinnie Damato, CM Kame, and TILU. It is Winter Meetings Week, fellas, and as we see it right now, the big the big dog has to go down first, in reference to Shohei Otani, for us to see things happen. Or could we all be surprised and see things go down as soon as tomorrow morning? We're also, too, going to go over, in reference to those free agents, we're all going to make our picks on the top six guys that we see as of right now. And then finally, we're going to go through the Pittsburgh Pirates 2024 outlook uh, as we roll through our uh, Team Outlook segment of the show here before the 2024 season. Let's check in with the fellas. Vinny, how you doing, buddy?
1: Oh, you know... um not doing too much. I have been working on the video a little bit for the last hour. I meal prepped for the week. So, you know, just basic Sunday things.
0: That is true. You did create a, uh, a video and we're excited to probably launch it maybe next episode.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, touch a
0: few things up and see if you guys have any things, but yeah, no, I'm, whenever you think. Right on, right on. Let's check in with Mr. May. Um, I do not have a segment for you today, Mr. May, so I guess we could just check in with Kyle May. How you doing, buddy? Boys, I am doing my
2: best reenactment of the Jordan flu game here tonight. I've been under the weather for the last several days, but we're powering through. Had to show up and show out for the fellas, so uh apologize in advance. The voice is not at 100%, but I'll do what I can here to, to get us through the episode. How many times have you been sick here in the last month? it's been insane. It's been like every other week. I feel like I've been sick with either a cold or like a cough or something. So that's the life of
0: working at a school germs everywhere. So what do you like? What, what's, what do the kids have to do tomorrow that requires you to do little to no effort? Like what's going to uh, be, what's going to be the class plan? Well, we're, did you we got a little health lesson going on tomorrow? So I'm going to
2: try and minimize the talking. We got a couple of videos worked into the lessons. Hopefully that'll help, uh, you know, get the voice back
0: to hundred percent. Beautiful. CM, how are you, buddy? I know you're. Uh, I know you got the game in the background to keep us all posted if something ridiculous happens. But how was your weekend, and uh, what's been going on in the life of CM?
3: Yeah, dude, it was good. I was in the same boat as Kyle the other day. I was super, super sick with whatever is going around. Everybody, so came came back off that fresh and ready to roll tonight.
0: I really appreciate you to like just dialing it in and taking care of your bods you know like just making sure like taking care of your minds like you guys are ready to go man i can feel it i can feel like you're on the tail end of uh whatever you guys have so that's uh that's awesome the that's arrows the
2: arrows pointed up for sure to you though we're on wow we're on, we're on, we're
0: on. wow this is the most positive podcast we've had vinny are you feeling all right buddy
1: yeah i mean who's not excited to talk about the pittsburgh pirates like come on and the hot stove there's a lot going on in baseball i'm ready to dive in
0: it's either your worst take of the year is either that or your hobby bias is like the next up like next star of the
1: uh, whoa whoa, whoa. i just said hobby bias might at some point hit over 200 like that's you know that's the baseline that we're working with with him but the bar yeah. is low the bar is very low just like, like it is for
0: f- this pirates team <laughs> like an under under 15 k rate Oh,
3: that's oh! Like what spill. happened? Yeah, yeah, that's all right. We got a little spill. We'll figure that out later, buddy.
0: You see, do you want to clean that up really quick? We can
3: no talk about. We're you good. Did you <laughs> I ask what you spilled? Yeah, just a cup of water. I'm I'm logging in on the phone right now because I don't have my video camera for my computer. So I've got my my feet are propped up on my coffee table so I can just put this keep the phone balanced on the leg
0: i think every single week now you've either had the camera broken the mic's not working forgot at the office i will tell you this though your priorities are actually straight because you're more focused on things that matter more than this podcast so
3: yeah but we're getting there
0: you are you are and i'm happy to have you on I'm happy to have you on. And I think we're, fellas, we can all admit we're really happy to have the winter meetings finally happening here. Uh, They'll be held in Nashville, Tennessee here starting tomorrow if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Tomorrow be considered today, uh, and they'll be rolling through Thursday evening of this week. Four days of absolute chaos will occur where GMs are able to speak face-to-face with agents and other GMs to get deals done, whether those are trades, whether those are signings. Really quick, just wanted to run through some of the biggest deals we've seen here in recent years. Uh, the 2021 winter meetings showcase massive deals with the Mets, uh, or excuse me, not the 2021 winter meetings. Uh, it would be the 20, yeah. So 2021 going into the 2022 season, Justin Verlander signed with the Mets for a two year, $86 million deal, and the Phillies signed Trey Turner to an 11 year, $300 million deal. We also saw Aaron Judge re sign with. The Yankees at a nine year, $360 million deal to become their 16th captain in their franchise's history. Also, too, in 2019, we saw two of the most dominant starting pitchers in the game sign massive deals as well. Steven Strasberg and the Nationals signed a seven year, $245 million deal, regretting that now, while Garrett Cole signed a $324 million deal with the Yankees. Finally, one of what really kind of started this whole winter meetings chaos was back in 2000 where we saw A-Rod sign at the time a, record, uh, a record-breaking a record deal at 10 years and, 20, 200 and $252 million with the Rangers. I, boys, I want chaos. I want things to go down. I'm really hoping that Otani signs as soon as tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Eastern to get things rolling. Do you guys really think that we have to truly wait for Otani to sign before – before we can see some of these deals go down? Or do you think teams are chopping at the bit to get guys signed here as soon as possible? I'll start with Vinny.
1: It's a double-edged sword for sure. Um, I think the teams that are in the Otani run are narrowing down and the teams who are kind of falling out are, trying to in my opinion i you know if i'm a team that's not signing otani i want to sign as many guys as i can now before the market starts to drive up value so um you know outside of the maybe the four or five teams that are really in the otani deals i would i would think the rest of them are trying to get as many as they can because you know it's only going to get more expensive as the as the offseason goes on gimme
2: yeah, I mean, Vinny kind of took the words out of my mouth. Um, those teams who know that they're not going to land Otani, I mean, you can kind of plan your offseason around Otani, right? You don't have to wait for him to sign to kind of start making your moves. I feel there's also been a lot more chatter like around this time of year than there was last year. I don't know if you guys feel that way too, but just as far as like trade talk goes and free agent signings, as far as like buzz goes, I feel there's a little more of that going on. So I think this is going to be a big week. I think there's going to be some big signings that happen and some trades as well that could shake some things up in the industry for sure see ya
3: yeah i think kyle i think you make a pretty good point right there i think it has been a little bit louder over the last couple weeks than what we're used to seeing and um i know a few few weeks ago i think you said that your big prediction for the offseason was that there's going to be a few more trades that happen than normal and i think that it already kind of got kicked off with the eugenio suarez deal and i think it's going to keep Kind of trickling down a little bit that that's going to move. But um, going back to Ty, to your question, I think I don't think you necessarily need to wait for Shohei to make a deal before you start making some moves. I think you can, you know, the, the couple teams that are in on him who want to get him, they have probably already mapped out what all the costs are going to be for everybody else that they would want to have in addition to that. So, you know, obviously if you don't land him and that's priority number one, then you kind of rethink about how you want to go about free agency. But I don't think it's worth any team's time to sit on their hands and wait until Otani makes his deal because who knows what goes on. I mean, the nice thing is he's a CAA guy, not a Boris guy. So we're not going to have the waiting all the way until – you know, March um, for deals to get done. I think you can, if you're a team, you make your deals that you want to make. And then, you know, if you land him, great. And if it takes too long, uh, then what you're willing to wait, then, you know, you go ahead and just throw some, divvy up the money that you were going to throw at Shohei and throw it to a couple of the other big name guys that might fill those roles but I think the longer teams wait to try and make that happen, the worse outcome it's actually going to be for them. Those are some
0: great answers there, fellas. Great answers. give
3: I already gave my answer. Uh,
0: <laughs> apparently today. Tyler's thought, not thought, listening thought, to how great our answers I, are. Yeah, I know. Yeah, such great answers. But I thought uh, k spoke and then turns out it's Vinny. So, Vinny, go ahead. I, I went as well. See? You're know, the wrong cool, dude. Yeah.
1: I actually. Did you guys know that the winter meetings don't take place? They're they're lying to us. It doesn't take place in winter.
2: Tactically speaking.
1: Yeah. What else is the MLB lying to us about? Spring training, like the
0: balls being juiced, not juiced.
1: Yeah, I. That's a. You know, we could do a whole episode on that too, right? I think they do different balls for every every year. Um, I hope
0: they like actually just. I hope they juice him up for the all-star game and stuff like that, but that's, that's, that's different. We'll we'll talk about that later. Um, We've already seen fellas, you know, names floating around of trades uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays. We of course have seen Tyler glass now linked to teams like the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Dodgers, of course, Isaac Paredes, uh, an underrated player on their roster as well, who's had a really, really nice year last year. He's now linked to other teams potentially being open for trade. And, of course, Shane Bieber from the Guardians being a guy that's uh, linked to teams like the Cubs and Cardinals and these teams that want these guys. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's very interesting now because we are seeing these guys that, really we didn't see as an opportunity or, or never really saw as trade targets. And now with the fact that we have a lot of these big names and and they're going to require so much money, I think that has initiated a lot more need for these players that are under contracts. They're going to be a little bit more friendly for one to two year deals compared to the big time free agents like Otani and Yamamoto and et cetera. So um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I know we're all excited. I, I I, really do hope that it doesn't disappoint. I hope that there are massive contracts. I hope that there are big surprises, which I actually do expect to see that from teams that were quiet up to this point that weren't saying much. Um, I, I, It's kind of crazy, though, and it's unfortunate that we have these guys that necessarily aren't credentialed or whatever you want to call it, that are putting out these rumors about these guys going places. And I know for a while it makes – I guess it creates buzz, and that's what this is all about. And I guess you could just stay off X or Twitter if you really want to avoid that. But I don't know. I felt like that's been kind of unfortunate to see is that we've really kind of not seen reports that are actually accurate that are actually coming from the top guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think
2: that's the world of social media, right? I mean, you can believe what you want to believe. Um, but I, I always – only pay attention to the guys with blues check marks, right? So like your Rosenthal's um, other guys too, who are MLB network guys that you should pay attention to um, for my sources, at least. Yeah. Those guys usually yeah. pretty
1: accurate for the most part. Bruce Levine's another really good one. Um, yeah. I mean, there's been so many times where I've seen the you know, breaking news Soto to the Yankee or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, what the fuck? No way. And
0: yeah. Yeah. And that's just some troll. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean Juan Soto, I forgot to mention his name as well. Excuse me uh for that, but I, you know, now that was one thing I had written down from the winter meeting standpoint is Juan Soto. Let's take a vote here. Who actually thinks Soto is going to get dealt here or do you uh do you foresee him actually, you know, no one's really kind of talking about the fact that the Padres are actually a pretty legit squad and could still figure it out this year and go on a massive run and, you know, he'll be he'll he'll be a part of that. So do you guys think he's actually going to get traded or what do you guys expect? I have a take. Um, I do
2: think he gets traded. I don't think it's to the New York Yankees. I think he goes somewhere else. I think someone, I saw a rumor on Twitter the other day, Toronto blue Jays. And the more I think about it, the more it makes a lot of sense in that lineup. Um, yes. The, the swing and miss is going to be there, but adding that power into the middle of that lineup um, would be huge for them. I think to add, do they have the prospects that the Padres would be looking for in return? That's yet to be seen, but I think that'd be a really intriguing fit if you stick him in Toronto.
0: Alec Manoa has also been th- floated around a little bit to be a guy that gets traded. Uh, to talk about him. a guy who needs a proof of year. Holy cow, he, he needs one. I mean, looking at it right now, if you look at the Blue Jays, their biggest deals, of course, are Springer. Uh, Gosman and Bassett, which you'll have for both 2024 and 2025. Bassett comes off the books in 2026. Barreos he's got a heck of a deal going on and his contract only goes up from here as it was a backloaded deal. Bichette's at 12 mil. Chad Green's at 10. uh Kikuchi is at 10. And then uh, you have Yame Garcia at 6. And everybody else is a pre-arb guy. But I mean, I feel like they're a pretty rich organization and can afford a guy like that.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong. Because I, so like I, I remember hearing it the other day. I think the Blue Jays, you know, you mentioned how or when some of those contracts are ending. I think their window is is probably only a couple more years because I think Bo is going to be gone in a couple of years. Vladdy is going to be gone. And at least when I say gone, like it's easier to pay up or, or they're leaving. So, mm-hmm. you know, making this trade for Soto is kind of like it's now or never for them. Um, and I, you know, maybe that's the route that they'll end up taking. I do think that, soda will be dealt um i don't know if you guys were following the storyline that kind of broke right when the off season started or maybe even during the playoffs about the um padres and their financial situation were you guys following any of that
0: yeah yeah that was a big deal yeah they took
1: out 50 million dollars um to pay back some payroll obligations and kyle that's according to ken rosenthal so you know it's legit right Yeah, yeah um so and this happens pretty often in baseball, you know, it's not like we should say, you know, they're broke or whatever, but they've also mentioned that they're going to cut payroll. Like they have to, you know, start rolling it back and they have guys like Bogarts on big contracts and, you know, Manny Machado. And does it make sense to keep paying Soto for another year when, you know, he may walk and I will say, but you're absolutely right. Tyler, you mentioned it. This team is a good team. They have a lot of talent. I think they, kind of underperformed last year what are they 82 and 80 i think they finished so you know i I think they're better than that and i think they're definitely a playoff team but just because you are a playoff team doesn't mean you are a playoff team right does that make sense that made zero sense (laughs) (laughs) just because on paper you're a playoff team doesn't mean that you're a playoff team you still gotta go go out and do it so um (laughs) Hey, I'm trying over here. You know, that's because no, that's no, you're what's doing gonna a great job, people's buddy. memory. If you say something, something that doesn't make sense, but does make sense. That's what you're going to
0: yeah. remember. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. <laughs> With all our listeners, this is awesome. Doing a great job tonight, <laughs> fellas. Holy hell. Um, I mean, if I look at it right, I, I in, in reference to the Blue Jays, Springer's in right. Okay, you now, you've taken Kiermaier off the books. Uh, you can move Springer back to center. Let's see here.
1: Can I Can uh, we jump
0: uh, to the, the another free agent possibility of because I've heard Cody Bellinger's name mentioned for that team? Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we hold off on we're going to be talking about that here in a little bit with those guys about like who's going to be going where and what your predictions are. But I mean, if, if we're looking at it right, like they have a urgent need in right field or left field, depending upon if they want to move our show to opposite sides or they can put Springer in center. I'm looking at the prospects. I don't see any guys that – I mean, I'm, I'm seeing this Alan Roden guy as a potential option, but he's a double-A guy right now. Um, so, yeah, it's it's coming, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So, All right. Anything else there, then, fellas, on the winter meetings and everything? I know we'll have a lot more to talk about next episode.
2: Yeah, I hope some deals start popping off here as soon as tomorrow, hopefully. So hopefully it'll be some exciting news in the baseball world.
1: Yeah, it's been a weird little little lull because it was really hot. You know, the stove felt really hot right after the season and yeah. it's been slightly disappointing up to this point, but um, you know, I think this will be the this has been the slowest part, and then after this, it's just gonna take off.
0: Do you think too, fellas, that it's like, you know, we we just have seen I know this is like an obvious thing, but I think that we have seen such horrific contracts. Like, we really have. Like, you know, you think about Anthony Rendon. That's the first person. That's the first person I think about. But, like, how that screws up everything. Let's be honest. If Rendon isn't signed, maybe Otani is still an angel because you use that money towards other players to build an organization where you aren't having to sign everybody or trade for everybody under the sun. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I mean it's that's the obviously the risk that the clubs take when they sign these guys to big deals. Um, you know, typically towards the back end of those deals, the teams are hurting and they're looking to kind of cut payroll just to kind of, you know, tread water a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean I obviously i would say it's 2020. So you can go back on any one of those deals that the teams have made and uh, you know, obviously some regrets in those decisions for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Well, let's uh, let's move on to the hot stove, fellas. Uh, of course, our weekly segment, which I know this will be extensive on our next episode or over the course of the next week. Uh, but we saw history uh, here over the weekend. We saw center field of Jackson Churio of the Brewers, their number one overall prospect, and the number three overall prospect in the MLB Top 100. He signed an eight-year contract worth $142.5 million 82 mil guaranteed plus two twenty five million dollar options towards the end of his contract in 2032 and 2033. That contract will make him a free agent in 2034. It's the largest contract in MLB play, MLB history, excuse me, for a player who has never touched the field in an MLB game. The previous record went to K Luis Robert, who signed a six-year $50 million contract with the White Sox back in 2020. We are now seeing what the Braves have done now starting to kind of start to become momentum across the MLB. We may see things like this with Paul Skeens or Dylan Cruz or some of these other top prospects with these other organizations that can't risk their players being worth more than those AAV per year based on the fact of these players are so talented are going to require so much more money as it moves forward. And I know with, um, I, do you guys know when the new CBA will be re-signed? Is that not for a little bit? I, I forget when that would be CM, do you know?
3: Um, I think it's every four years. So yeah. that's a
0: big piece of it as well is that these guys now can't not now they're now they got them locked in rather than having to worry about their contracts, having to shoot through the roof in a couple of years based on arbitration deals. And, and because those are set with the market and this and that. So I know this is a player, you know, we saw it with Luis Robert, of course, when that happened and everybody just kind of knew at that point that he was going to be a superstar. I've heard this guy is potentially a 30 home run 30 uh, base steal guy. This kid's legit, right? And I think that the Brewers are saying we're looking towards the long term with this and we're going to make sure we're putting ourselves in the right position. Did you guys like the deal or is it something where it's kind of hard to determine at this point if it's really worth it?
3: Uh, I think it's kind of hard to determine at the outset, obviously. You've never, you know, he, he's done well in the minor leagues so far and I'm sure that it will transition. To the big league level, which obviously is what Milwaukee thinks it's going to do as well, or else they would not have given him that kind of contract. But I kind of like the way that it goes right now for some of those guys. You really do want to lock down your top guys. I mean, you just saw it last year with Arizona and Corbin Carroll too. Same, same kind of deal that got done. Um, you know, rather than waiting until they get to the arbitration years and having to come up with something then just go in now and lock it down get it done and then don't have to worry about it. And I like it a lot from obviously from the player side of things, you know, you're kind of avoiding that risk of if things go wrong early on in your career, you're not going to get paid what you had maybe thought, thought that you might Um, And then from a team side too, I think it's a good way to really figure out payroll early. And then you kind of, you know, you have your your foundation laid to go ahead and build off of whoever it is that you want to become the guy to build around.
2: I think it makes sense from a Brewers perspective too. I mean, if you kind of look at where they're at, they just lost their manager. They're kind of in like this no man's land. They might, might be competitive this year. They might kind of be retooling for the next year. So why not see what he can do at a young age and uh, let him compete at the big league level, you know, because the chances are that you might not be competitive in 2024 anyways. So why not see what he can do?
1: Yeah, this feels like, so, I mean, they had problems with Corbin Burns right at the end of last year, the beginning of this year, and you know they're not willing to pay Corbin Burns. They just non-tendered Brandon Woodruff. So this is like the start of their new team, right? it makes so much sense for the brewers in that regard right you locked up this i mean he is 30 you mentioned a tyler 30 home run but he's also a potential 50 steal guy like the dude is just an absolute monster um and no hit to a risk really i mean he's you know projected to be 270 280 hitter so he's just he looks the part um and from a player perspective right this this gets brought up a lot right when when guys sign these kinds of contracts, you know, it's why do you sign that? You could be worth so much more. You're leaving money on the table, but you know, you hear that argument quite a bit, but it, you know, if you're a player and you get a possibility for an $80 million guaranteed contract for eight years, like, you know, that's life changing money. That is generational money right there. You know, there's not much of a difference between 80 million and 150 million. You know, you could say it's twice as much, but to someone who's never had that kind of money before, if you offered me $80 million tomorrow and you said, but maybe you could make 200 million next year, give me the 80 million. Right. Like it's just, it's a no brainer. So good for
2: Especially you. as a 19 year old too. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's a, it's a no brainer. Like you said.
0: Yeah, By the way, I forgot things. to completely point out the fact that Vinny is wearing his DC shirt, and I had no idea. And I just kind of was like looking, and I was like, <laughs> "Is that K May or is that Vinny?"
1: Um, well, I did it for K May, like you know. Yeah, he, you did. Yeah,
0: you did. Uh, K May goes as an underrated uh, all star at, at DC. Uh, you
2: know, yeah, I don't remember him on the team. Yeah. What was your guys' mascot again? The
0: Chargers. Chargers. Go Chargers, baby! Yeah, charge on, brother. Well looking at <laughs> looking at Rio, he's had you know he's only had in reference to his career so far he's had only 6 games in triple A but if you're looking at his entire minor league career 286 347 490 slash line with an 837 OPS in 272 games a career 68 steals but he had 44 last year mainly in double A before he made the trip up to triple A so obviously, every every report I've seen, this kid sounds like the next upcoming, you know, almost uh, Corbin Carroll like player in 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 a sense. And um, they must have saw like you mentioned earlier, Vinny, where you talked about Carroll's deal. They probably saw that and they said, well, you know, is this really that big of a deal? Literally, right out now on their books, their biggest contract, of course, is Yelich at twenty six million. Their next largest contract is Freddie Peralta at $5 million. Now, um, in reference to arbitration, of course, if they do sign back Burns, I think he will surpass uh, Peralta's $5 million and be at that second spot. Uh, there is in reference to total payroll but to only have one guy above 10 million dollars on your payroll this makes a lot of sense because now you have that flexibility and you're able to do these things and maybe they're saying too like maybe we're not necessarily a big free agent place to go right now because we just lost counsel so let's get this deal done let's maybe entice guys to say okay they're building for the future this is somewhere where I want to be long term let's go ahead and do it so Boys, that was a great breakdown. I absolutely love that. Let's talk about um, the Mets signing uh, right-handed starter Luis Severino to a one-year, $13 million contract. He moves across the state of New York uh, over to the uh, to the Mets. Uh, he's 29 years old. He's had a pretty, uh, as we all know, it's been an injury-riddled career. He didn't pitch in 2021. He only threw th- – he only had three starts in 2019, 2018, he had 32 starts. Between 2030, or 2023 and 2022, he had 18 games started and 19. Um, hasn't surpassed over 103 innings since 2019. This is, in my mind, I've seen every Yankees fan say that they are rooting for him to have a successful year with the Mets, and I as well, because if we look back at those years, 2019 and, and prior, uh, or excuse me, 2018 and prior where the Yankees were competing against the Astros and the ALCS, it felt like uh, for a couple of years there, it felt like Severino was that guy and was a guy of of the future. And so, fellas, I know that the Mets with losing out on Verlander and losing out on Scherzer and now having to pay $42 million to those guys, a lot of people are linking Yamamoto, uh, Yamamoto to them. This is tough because you do not have that financial flexibility like these other teams do. So I'd say the Severino deal, I like it, uh, but I do have a fear that this could be something where you know his injuries come back to bite him.
1: Yeah, Fangrass right now hasn't projected for 140 innings. I I don't see that considering he hasn't thrown over a hundred. I mean, he threw 102 in 2022, but yeah, like you said, since 2018, he's just been injured. But he's got the ace upside. I mean, you know, you look at any of his numbers and he is a legit ace upside kind of guy. And so still makes a lot of sense for the Mets, right? Kyle mentioned last episode how these prove it deals are not only do they make sense for the player, the organization, but they're really fun to keep your eye on, right? Because it's just now there's a spotlight on him is, is can he stay healthy and can he be the kind of guy that, you know, we know him to potentially be. So um, I'll be excited to watch him. Hard to root against a guy who has all the talent in the world, but, you know, just can't can't stay on the field. So excited to see him in a, in a Mets uniform.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm not sure either, Vin, if I see 140 innings out of him. But um, it's one of those deals where it's low risk, um, high reward, you know, if it works out. Um, not not a big cost. Um, you know, maybe the Mets saw something in his mechanics, too, that they can maybe tweak in spring training or something and, you know, figure something out. Um, change of scenery is always good, too, for a guy. You never know where you might find his stuff or he might click. So we'll see. Numbers obviously haven't been great the last couple of years, but hopefully, you know, he turns it around here um, next
3: season. I think it's um, kind of a no harm, no foul deal for both sides. So, um, you know, kind of just piggybacking what Vince said, what Kyle said. I think with the high upside that could be there, um, you know, if you're the Mets, why not go try and get another guy to bolster that rotation up a bit.
1: And the one thing I will say, too, just real quick is, A lot of times, especially what we're seeing now with pitchers, I don't know if you guys agree, but it seems like a lot of these pitchers hit their stride after 30, right? I mean, when you talk about age and sports, it's like 30 is like a big, scary number. Oh no, he's 30. He's over 30 now. Like they're going to decline. Pitchers almost sometimes seem to get better as they go into their 30s. So, you know, maybe this is, you know, the start of him being able to figure it out and maybe he takes a few miles an hour off his fastball and now he's able to stay healthy and now he's legit. So you know, really excited to see what he can do. And just, you know, it's fun to keep your eye on those kinds
0: of things as far as age. Yeah, and, he's, and, and like I said earlier, where the, the Yankees fans, they all loved him. You know, the, the, <laughs> n- nothing, you can't do anything about what happened. And the fact is, is that this guy has gone through what he's gone through. And now is that, okay, I've gone through these things. And maybe he has finally found a health routine or whatever that is to supplement those issues that he's had with his body. And, 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 I really do, I, I do mean this, it'd be awesome to see, uh, the Mets have a good year because that NL East would be fantastic to watch with, you know, the, Ma- the, the Braves, the Phillies, the Mets, the Marlins, like that would actually be a lot of fun. And the nationals on the come up, you know, these types of things would be fantastic. When I say come up, I mean, <laughs> five years. let's, no, yeah. let's ho- let's hope they have fun. All right. I'm surprised um, we talked about them yet, but sorry. Yeah. 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 We will. We will. We will. Yeah. Um, also, two last thing, uh, Reds made two signings. They signed right-handed reliever Emilio Pagan to a two-year, $16 million deal with a player option in 2025. Same type of deal for Nick Martinez, right-hander, who is a sort of a starter slash reliever. He'll likely uh, be in the starting rotation at the beginning of the year, but if that starting rotation for the Reds, which they are an underrated scary team, uh, can figure it out, and those guys are all able to stay healthy. We may see him move to the bullpen. Um, two-year deal. 26 million with a player option as well. Okay. For the sake of time, fellas, we're going to move right into the free agent predictions. Let's start with our, the, the big dog. And we're hoping that he signs by uh, even tomorrow evening. I'm fine with that, but I'd love to see Otani off the books by tomorrow. I I know as a cub fan, there's nothing I would love to see more, but what I'm thinking is, is that I think we just go around and give our predictions. So for me, um, I'm going to go with the Dodgers. And I think because, Uh, I think we're at that point now where there's been so much buzz, and I think there's been the rumor now that multiple $500 million contracts are given. The Dodgers have the money to spend. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. CM, who are you taking?
3: Uh, Also taking the Dodgers. I think after last year, not really making any type of splash um, in the market this year, getting a couple of of contracts off the books and bringing in some – lower salaried players that they can keep for a little bit. I think they've pretty much set themselves up to be able to throw whatever kind of money Shohei Otani wants at him to bring him to uh, Chavez Ravine. Vinny.
1: The one thing that I just, I'm not sure about for the Dodgers, my guess is the Cubs because you know, it's, it's he's coming to Chicago. It's just, it's a no brainer. Um, He has mentioned And correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure he said he wants to play on a team with another Japanese player. So yeah, it was a report that was made. I don't think the Dodgers have that. So if they're signing Shohei, then that tells me they're also probably signing Yamamoto, which is just absolutely terrifying. Um, So for the sake of my sanity and the sanity of the rest of major league baseball, um, yeah, he's coming to Chicago because, you know, we have everything else to offer. The only thing that we don't have is a geograph. you know, he's not on the West coast and he has to fly three hours longer to get back to Japan. But, you know, when you're playing in the greatest city in, in baseball, like can't beat it.
2: Give me. Uh, I'm thinking the Dodgers as well for the exact reasons that CM mentioned. Um, Some of the Dodgers kind of plan their payroll around making like a big, big splash this offseason. season. Um, yes. They don't have a Japanese player on their on their roster right now, but at the same time, money talks, I don't see them getting outbid by anybody else. I think, you know, that's kind of a do or die all in um, for the Dodgers. Do you think money matters to him?
0: Uh, yeah.
1: Like, I, I mean, yeah, 600 million versus 580 million.
0: It's a good point it, it is a good point like you get you get over uh 400 million dollars your family i think is set for the next i don't know 400 years so
2: yeah every player is different you know so who knows how much they value each thing in free agency but it is it is a valid point that you bring up you know you, you never really know how much each player values getting the most amount of money or getting the, the, the highest offer and accepting
1: that offer and i do like what, what christian mentioned too that they didn't spend last offseason, And I think that was in preparation for Shohei and they're probably going to move everything under the sun for him. Maybe they go for Imanaga instead of Yoshinobu and, you know, it's a little bit cheaper, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, I, I just can't wait to see him in a Cubs uniform. And if I, if he does, if he does, I'm taking victory laps next time we're on this podcast.
2: I can't wait to expose you in our next pod when he signs with LA.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. The last two things I would just say about him is uh, with the Dodgers, of course, is that the Dodgers are now seeing that there are juggernauts right now in the NL with the Braves. Uh, I would even put the Phillies in that category as well. So they have to be able to put out a team that last year did not have – They I know they won a lot of games, don't get me wrong, but they did not have a lineup. Uh, that could compete against these top-level teams. So that's why I think the motivation is there. Um, And then uh, secondly is maybe he doesn't want to be the number one, like, you know, everything's about him. He wants to be on a lineup that he uh, has other guys to support him in that sense. The Dodgers have that more than the Cubs. Uh, Again, non-biased, I'm going Dodgers, fan preference, Cubs. Let's talk about Yamamoto. This guy um, we had Sean on, Spradling, discuss – Uh, how amazing this guy is going to be for one of these MLB teams linked to a lot of teams. I've seen uh, pretty much across the board with where he's going. I'm going to kind of throw a wild card out here with this one, boys. I think he's going to go with the giants because Otani uh, or the Dodgers get him and and the giants miss out on him with Otani. And I think that they make a splash to get guy, get a Japanese player on their team to one, of course, have a fantastic pitcher join the roster, but then two, make it more appealing to uh, future Japanese stars that want to come over and be able to uh, pick a city that's closer to their home country. So I'm going to go with the Giants.
3: Let's stick with the rotation. CM, who you got? Um, I'm going to go Boston, actually, with Yamamoto. I think it's a good uh, good spot to be for somebody like that. I mean, along you know... I don't remember how long 15 some years ago maybe when they brought uh Dice K over and had him in there they just brought over um Yoshida last year so that kind of track is there and I think Boston's an organization that really needs to beef up pitching and I think that it would be a good fit um to put Yamamoto out there and they they have a lot of money to play with too um, I believe. Vinny.
1: I guess I'm going to say the Dodgers. I'm going to be boring on this one, just like you guys with Otani. Um, you know, I just, they're going <laughs> to spend money. They need starting pitching. And, you know, I, I realistically, I think the Boston is, is a good runner up too. Um, but I just, I you know, I'm sure that Otani can sell L.A., to him, you know, maybe not the Dodgers in particular, but, um, yeah, I, I think that the Dodgers will end up scooping him. Give me. uh, Teele, you took my pick. I'm taking the Giants as well.
2: Um, I think it makes a lot of sense for them from a team perspective. You pair him with Logan Webb at the top. Um, you know, I think that's a nasty one, two, that's hard to beat anywhere run the league. I also think you make a good point too, saying, you know, they, they swung and missed with Correa last year. They had, had him at the fingertips and then lost them. So. I think they're bound to make a big splash. You know, we've, we've we've heard rumors that they're in the top of the market, kind of fishing around, seeing what's out there. Um, So I I like the giants. I think that would be
0: a really good fit for him. The Red Sox are really intriguing too, because they just brought over Chris Breslow uh, or Craig Breslow, excuse me. uh, The chief baseball officer now of the Red Sox, who was formerly with the Cubs, uh, a guy that wants to make his name, known for him so or make his name well known and of course entice other free agents to then come in so cm great pick there with the red sox all right cody bellinger i'm actually going to stay with my pick on the last one and i think that i think the giants are in on way way too many of these guys if we've with all the reports that they've heard but i think cody bellinger is going to be a giant and i really do think that because i think with the fact that they okay we missed out on a couple guys but now we can add a guy like Bellinger who we can move around uh, the field, which is something that the Giants love. They love flexibility with their players. And Bellinger, of course, is a guy that they can afford to give him this money that a lot of teams now are saying, whoa, you want over $200 million for one really good year since basically your MVP season a couple of years ago. I'm going to go with the Giants. CM, who are you taking?
3: I also had the Giants um, for Bellinger as well. I think they're – a team that's looking to spend some money. Um, And I think you made a really good point that I didn't even think about with the position flexibility. Um, But I also wrote down belly to San Francisco.
1: I wrote down the Yankees, but you guys may have talked me into San Francisco. Um, I think the Yankees just, you know, we keep talking about the same teams because they're the ones trying to spend money. And I think, when ultimately the Swan Soto deal falls through, because I, I they're asking price for Soto right now. The the Padres is pretty high. And you know, the Yankees don't want to give up Michael King or um, Drew Thorpe in in that. So um, I think that'll eventually fall through. So I think the Yankees will pivot and and sign a guy like Bellinger because you know, they have a they have a hole in center field and he that short porch is going to be perfect for his left-handed bat. I think, you know, he's capable of hitting 25, 30 home runs pretty consistently there. So, you know, pair that with a 280 average
3: right in the middle of your lineup. Can't beat it. I think Vince, his dad was a Yankee, wasn't he?
1: That's a good question.
3: I don't know. I yeah, don't know what off the top of my head. Yeah, he was.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe there's some some ties there too.
0: Game. Okay,
2: yeah, I also have the Yankees written down. Um, Vinny, I think you make a really good point when you're talking about what happens with Juan Soto. I think wait to see where he gets traded, if he gets traded at all, is going to kind of determine what teams go after Bellinger, because right, he kind of be like the, the runner-up option, I guess you could say, yeah. whoever does not land Soto. So I, I think we might need to might need to see what happens with that market before Bellinger signs. But I do think it makes a lot of sense for the Yankees. Um, left-handed bat, they need. Um, You know, he I think he'd do well in the, with the short porch out there. And they need an outfielder, as we know. So I think the Yankees makes a lot of sense, and they have the money to do it. So I'm
0: going Yanks. Yeah, the Yankees, in my opinion, too, I think Cashman's going to go one of two ways. I think he either says uh, because of what Belly is going to require money-wise, he's either going to say, I need to go all in this year because I'm under fire, and this has been one of the worst off seasons for – for the Yankees in reference to how he's handled a lot of his interviews and other things that he says, okay, I need to spend the money now, or he's looking towards, I can't get Soto. Now I'm going to wait till the end of this year. And then I'm going to throw him over a $500 million contract or $400 million. So whatever that is Uh great picks boys. Okay. Uh, moving on to Blake Snell. I personally think, I think they get Otani and I also think that they get Blake Snell. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are seeing this as a true opportunity to say we need to spice up whatever we have. If you're going to go to two places to fix your career around, it's the Dodgers or the Rays, more applicable to the Rays. But I think the Dodgers organization right now, that they have way too young of a rotation, and they need to supplement that with veteran leadership along with a guy that can easily be at the top of that rotation. I'm going to go with the Dodgers, which is a team that I necessarily haven't heard, but I'm waiting for uh, some surprise to happen. So, Sam, what do you got?
3: Uh, I'm going back to Boston with this one. Um, I think, again, with the Red Sox, they need the help starting pitching uh, big time. And um, if, you know, they bring in Yamamoto, like I predicted, he'll go to Boston. I think you get him and then you go get Snell um, to come back there as well. And you've got two guys right there that slide into the one-two in your rotation right away. And make you a competitive more competitive ball club um I think they're they're really on the cusp of being a very dangerous team um and I think Snell would love an opportunity to go back to the AL East and get a little bit of payback uh, on Tampa so for all those reasons um and again because Boston I think has some money that they're looking to spend I think bringing Blake Snell in would be a good move um, for the Red Sox. I think it'd be a perfect fit for Snell.
1: Vinny? I'm i stuck between two teams. Um, I will still make a prediction, but I am going to mention both teams because um, I think one of them is kind of a fun one is, so I, I, I think he'll end up with the Giants. Um, the giants last year, if you remember right, they missed out on, you know, a ton of free agents and, um, you know, they didn't end up getting judge or Correa, which, you know, maybe isn't the worst thing in the world, but I think they want to make a splash. They're kind of dying too. And I think this is, you know, perfect for him, but what a great ballpark for him to pitch in. Um, and, you know, I think this is, it it just makes the most sense. As far as, um, you know, geographically and everything like that, too. But the one that I, I want to throw in as a dark horse, and maybe Kyle's going to pick this team, is the Seattle Mariners, which, if you guys aren't familiar with, is Blake Snell's hometown. And according to um, Mass Live, um, Snell badly wants to pitch for his Mariners. Um, that's something that he has said before. So the only problem is that you know the Mariners have quite a bit of pitching, and they kind of need some offensive help, especially after trading Suarez. So, the deal maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them. But if Snell is willing to go in on a pretty, you know, team-friendly deal, I I would not put it past Seattle. Love that. Okay, man.
2: that'd be an intriguing fit. I never even thought about Seattle before you mentioned that. That'd be great pick, Vinny. It'd be super interesting to see how that would work out. Um, I'm rolling with CM on mine. I'm going with Boston as well. Um, you know, I think they've like CM mentioned their financial financial flexibility earlier. They have the money to spend. I think the fit makes a lot of sense. Um Boston needs pitching, as we know. They were a team that kind of hung in the race a little longer than we thought. So they might only be a piece or two away from uh
0: making the playoffs next year. So Blake's not a Boston. Looking at their contract situation right now, of course, Devers with their uh, extension that happened where you know it, it's actually a backloaded deal, but he's already starting at $29 million a year. Chris Sale is a club option after this year at 20000000 million. I'd be shocked if they picked that up. That'd be declined. Um, you have Trevor Story, who's in for a couple of years, Rashida, of course. And then basically after that is either guys that have one-year deals or um are on are going to be going into arbitration or pre-arb so you can back load that deal a little bit and then of course then you can uh, go from there so yeah boys those are some great picks all right let's roll through um two more here matt chapman i personally think non-biased i seriously mean this i do see him going to the cubs just because the cubs have a true need over at third base i think that he uh fits a lot of that defensive uh, the defensive metrics that the Cubs value, of course, with guys like Swanson and Horner up the middle, now supplementing that around the infield. I think Chapman's a great fit over at third base and could be a guy that can take over the reins for a couple of years to maybe let in Matt Shaw and some of these other guys that are coming up through the system. So I'm going to go with the Cubs. CM, who do you got?
3: Um, I think with Chapman's kind of a, an interesting one, but I'm going to go for absolutely no reason. In particular, Detroit.
1: I love it. I love it.
2: You talk about a defensive left side of the infield, huh? Be raw.
0: Bias cow, no reason. I mean, that's a great pick, dude.
3: Yeah, just throwing it out there. What's the score of the game, by the way? 14-12, Packers.
0: Great. Vinny. Um,
1: I like Detroit. Uh, I think... Um, I like Chicago too. I could also see Chicago, but I think I will go with the Giants. Um again, I think they get wow. both Snell and and Chapman because you know, their their current projected third baseman is JD Davis and nothing against JD, but you know, I I think this would be a huge upgrade for them, right? Gold glove third baseman and guy can hit hit bombs. The Giants have money to spend. You know, it it's it's a fit for them. Right. I mean, there's a lot of teams that need third base. And, um, we just saw, I probably, if, if the Eugenio Suarez trade didn't go through, I may have said the diamondbacks, but, um, yeah, I mean, the Cubs and the giants have a, have a huge hole, so I could see, see the giants.
0: Okay, me.
1: So I kind of have
2: two teams, kind of a two part pick. Um, one a would be the Cubs. I agree with you, T Lou. I think the Cubs need a third, and have a need at third base. I think he'd fit in there really well. Morell played third base for you guys last year, right? Mostly. So Magical. Oh, magical. Okay, magical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you figure Morell would slide over to DH, right? And then you just have Chapman at third.
1: hundred percent.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. That makes too much. Otani
1: is going to be a DH. Sorry.
0: Yeah. I was about to say to go, to go along, if we're going along Vinny's uh, direction here. Yeah. Yeah. Otani will be DH. So Morell will be traded, but yes, go ahead. Game. <laughs> yeah. Anyways.
2: Um, yeah, I think, I think it just makes too much sense, right? They have a need at third base. They'll slide right in there. More rather DH. I mean, it's just easy, right? Um, 1B, the team that I think is kind of interesting in the outside, I don't know if they would willing, willing to be spend at the top of the market. Minnesota Twins, I think, would make a lot of sense. Um, if you slide him at third base, um, you know, they, they have a good team, as we know. Won the AL Central last year. If They're really looking to kind of bolster that infield defense, stick him over there with Correa on the left side. I think that could be really intriguing if they're willing to, willing to pay up.
0: Played third base for him last year. What do
1: you do with Royce Lewis, though? I mean,
2: yeah, slide him over to second, maybe. Kyle Farmer. Yeah. I don't
1: know. I, yeah, I could see it. I I could. I don't think Chapman, he, Chapman couldn't slide. I mean, Royce came up playing outfield, so he could slide into outfield somewhere. I was going to say, Chapman wouldn't be a corner outfielder. Right. Um, Yeah, it's a good pick
0: going back to Vinny's pick there they did sign Bob Melvin which Bob Melvin you know went from the A's to I believe he went straight to the Padres after and he's you know who knows what he really needs at this point but adding a guy like that would be very nice. Um all right boys last pick here really quick Josh Hader I'm actually going to stick with the Cubs. I think the Cubs are feeling comfortable now with having counsel and bringing in a guy like that. I don't like the uh, antics that he had at the end of the year, but I think the Padres were just a uh, you know just a, a disaster pretty much with all the big names that they had and everything it was hard to kind of you know for, for anything to go right for them. But I think that he would be a massive addition to the bullpen. Move out to the eight to the eighth inning or seventh inning, depending upon you know matchups and whatnot. Um, but I actually do see Josh Hader going to the Cubs. CM,
3: I'm going to go with Baltimore. On this one, I think that the Orioles are going to make it a mission of theirs to um, spend some money and obviously, you know, fill positions that they need. Closer is their biggest need right now because Batista's out for the year, so they have Cano. Uh, wow, nice catch! That was a Packers question. just scored a wow. touchdown. Um, Hater, I mean, when he was in Milwaukee, was unbelievable when. They had the Devin Williams Josh Hader one two punch. Now you have the Yenir Cano Josh Hader one two punch. Um, I think would be really good. And then I know a couple picks with Snell. Vinny threw the Mariners out because that's where he grew up. So Hader grew up in Maryland. Um, I think he goes back home to Baltimore this offseason on like a one year a one year deal.
0: Denny, what about you?
1: I will say the Texas Rangers. Um, their biggest need last year was bullpen. They have Leclerc and and Chapman, but their bullpen's pretty flimsy. And you know, I would love to see him as a Cub, but I think the Rangers are going to make it a priority. I mean, they were just you know they just won the World Series, and why not get a little bit better in the area that you need it the most and that's clearly the bullpen. So um, you know, they're not a lock to make the playoffs next year. They're in a very tough division. So, you know, mm-hmm. they got a lot still to play for. And um, yeah, I think he's going to Texas.
0: He is also Chapman is also a free agent.
1: Oh, okay. Yep.
0: Then so now they're really you know that's why that would make that makes your pick even better because that is definitely a a, a big target for them because the mm-hmm. kirk he just he was stressful man he really was it was stressful with him that home run that uh altuve hit you know those types of things like it was stressful to watch him Kame what about you let's,
2: let's round it out Vinny stole my pick um i got the rangers as well for the same reasons that Vinny mentioned um their bullpen was soft back last year you know and Vinny makes a good point too that's a really tough division so there's no guarantees going into next year so I think they're going to spend some money this offseason. I think Hader is a big part of that. I like him sliding into that bullpen.
0: Absolutely. Well, boys, for the sake of time, we're running up on fifty-five minutes here, folks. If you're listening into the episode, we'll make sure that we put down uh, the times of how we'll be handle or the time slots of where we'll be handling each of the segments. Just because I know that these episodes are getting long, but we have a lot to talk about. We really, really do, and it's it's hard to you know fixate this across multiple episodes and getting everybody together. So it was good to get the boys all together to do this. So, so I think we roll right into the Pittsburgh pirates, 2024 outlook uh, top storylines right now is can the young guns out of the, you know, whether it's lineup wise or rotation wise, really uh, take that next step. Like guys like Priester and Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez and some of these other guys, you get O'Neill Cruz back who had a freak injury of course, last year when sliding into Sebby Savala. Um, that, that, really honestly the pirates were one of the hottest teams at the beginning of the year they lost o'neil so cruz i think that really obviously had a major impact on him but you lose one of your your probably your best player on the roster uh, that definitely does have an issue with things right now lineup wise what they're projecting is Brian reynolds in left swinski jake swinski in center field henry davis at dh or right field O'Neal Cruz at short. Brian Hayes, who was just a uh, at third base, who was uh, the most recent gold glove winner in the NL. Uh, Joshua Palazos, uh, I may have butchered that name. I apologize. In right field, there are also DH. Jared Trillo at first base. Andy Rodriguez at catcher. And then Leovar uh, Paguero at second base. Anybody in that lineup, boys, that... Uh, you would like to potentially see as uh, maybe a breakout candidate or are we kind of looking at a roster that we can kind of expect what we're going to see what we saw last year?
3: Uh, I mean, most of those guys on the tail end could be breakout candidates, I guess, because I have no clue who the hell any of them are. Okay. Good job.
1: Uh, Vinier <laughs> Kame. I'll say yeah. J- Jack Suwinski Um, Jack Swinski reminds me of like a a Nolan Jones light. Um, If you look at some of their, their stats, they have very similar barrel percentages, their exit velocities, their strikeout and walk rates, um, max exit velocities, their sprint speed. They're very, very, very similar um, in all of those ways. So uh, he is a guy that could, could absolutely break out. He was kind of prone to some very hot and very cold streaks last year, but um, yeah, Jack Swinski is, is definitely a breakout pick for me. And, um, yeah, I mean, they got some talent on this team, but they also have some some gaping holes.
2: Yeah, um, I got Henry Davis to keep an eye on. First overall pick um, in 2021, so potential breakout guy there. Um, obviously, high expectations being that first overall pick, but he uh,
0: could slide in there, make some noise maybe. Absolutely. It's tough. I mean, it's, it's, it's a lineup that gets hot or cold. Uh, we saw the beginning of the year, and people were very, very high on them, but unfortunately, those things didn't work out. We got to see, of course, Henry Davis come up and Eddie Rodriguez and these young guns that we're hoping to see do take that next step. Um, but I, I do foresee them being, uh, having, being on the low totem pole of the NL Central this upcoming year, even though it's a weaker division. I just don't see how they – really come about it unless they do make some splashes here in uh this you know of course coming up here in the winter meetings or in the free agency um rotation wise we do see uh you know who is a guy that talk about a breakout candidate last year mitch keller he's been a guy who has struggled for many years with uh command but we saw it last year where he easily can roll out there and go seven eight nine innings potentially Uh, One run ball, you know, we're seeing upwards of eight, nine, 10 K starts. It's, it's pretty legit what this guy's going to bring. Luis Ortiz in this, in the two, in the two spot, Quinn Priester who had his rookie debut last year, a uh, Illinois native of Illinois, a guy of one of the local high schools, if any, and I uh, competed against in high school, he uh, is a kid that I, I truly do see. Uh, being at the top of the rotation moving forward Jared Jones in the four spot and then left-hander Bailey Folter in the five. Uh boys if we don't see Skeens in this rotation as soon as, you know, June I'd be shocked but I mean besides Priester or Keller is I mean they lost um I'm trying I'm blanking on the guy who just got uh, TJ Oviedo. Oviedo. Like that was I'm not going to lie. I was actually kind of low-key scared of this pitching rotation because Oviedo can go out there and he can toss six, seven, eight innings and have a pretty legit start.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I will say some things. Mitch Keller, I mean, you know, you mentioned he's he's had some streaks, but he really, like, he could take another big step forward in 2024. Like, he was a former top prospect, and, um, you know, it kind of took him a while. Like, we just talked about pitchers sometimes take some time to – you know, really break out his strikeout percentage jumped up 5% and his walk rate dropped 2%. So, um, he added a cutter to his arsenal. So like when we see like these tangible changes, like adding a cutter and now look, you're all of a sudden, like things are working for you. Like he could continue to, um, you know, really take a big step forward. And he threw a career high 194 innings. So he really could have ace upside and you pair him with skeins and, you know, Oviedo comes back. Like it could be looking at a pretty good, good rotation sooner rather than later.
2: I know we're going to talk about potential for agent fits here in a little bit too, but I could see them definitely adding a better an arm or two in that rotation. So I don't, I don't necessarily see it as a finished product as of now. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how
3: I feel about it. That'll yeah. It's, it. It'll be, it'll that's be it. interesting. I think Priester is going to have a pretty good year though. He's definitely my pick in that rotation to be, um, you know, a guy who, a consistent, five six inning starter um probably finished the year like maybe you know around 10 and 10 some something like that
0: why don't we just go right into we'll we'll talk about the prospects here uh after uh, the free agent picks because i think it is an interesting conversation because they struggled to give brian reynolds an extension and he is I mean, it's 10 million in 2024, and then it's 12, 14, 15, and 15 in 2028. Like this team struggles. I think they're very scared to make these deals, which I don't know why. I mean, Brian Hayes got got an extended. But besides that, boys, there's really nobody else that is requiring a a larger deal. I mean, Mitch Keller isn't a free agent until 2026. Um, So these guys have a lot of room. They got David Bednar, of course, in the bullpen, who's a all-star closer and a guy that um you know they kept because i think for the right reasons he's not a free agent until 2027 so um let's start with the free agent predictions boys i'd love to just do that and then we'll get into of course the prospects but does anybody have any particular targets that they're looking at that would be you think would be a good fit over there in pittsburgh
2: I'll start us off. Um, yeah, I mean, I mentioned the veteran pitchers. I think they could go after some of the mid-tier starting pitcher market. Someone like a Lucas Giolito or a Flatter, Flaherty make, might make some sense there. Um, just some veteran guys, you know, who can mold those young guys who are coming up. Could make some sense for them in the middle of that rotation. Um, as far as position players goes, um, probably first base is their biggest need. Someone like CJ Crone on a cheap deal could make some sense. Um, you know, big bat could have a little bit of power in that lineup. Um, but yeah outside of that obviously as we know they're notoriously not big spenders so probably won't be spending at the top of the market um, like some of these other big market clubs are
3: yeah I'll, I'll follow you up on that Kyle because I think that first base for sure is a position of need for them right now um, and a guy who I had ri- written down to the Pirates was also a first baseman I think Keston Hira would be a good fit for them there um, spent I think majority, if not all of last season in the minor leagues for the brewers, but was up for a couple of years with them on the big league roster. And I think it's a guy who's not going to command a very high, um, high money value deal. And with what he did in the minor league season last year, I think it'd be a good risk reward for the pirates to maybe shell out a little bit more than him. Just knowing it's still going to be, I mean, bottom of the market for a, you know, a first baseman who has some experience in the big leagues.
1: Yeah, those are good ones. Um, I, I think they'll they'll definitely go after some pitching, like Kyle said. Um, and, you know, just looking at the list of pitching free agents, this is kind of like a, a grab bag, if you will. You know, I, I see Martin Perez as a potential guy for them. I see a Seth Lugo for them. I see, um, you know, I don't know if they go back to Rich Hill or, you know, something like that. I see Corey Kluber. I see Carlos Carrasco. I see Wade Miley. um, Tons of guys out there that just, you know, you need innings eaten. You know, you can pay five to $10 million for it for another year or two. And, you know, hopefully get you to that next, that next time you're going to compete and maybe one of them, you know, pans out and you can keep them for a while. But um, yeah, I see him signing probably two, two starters that are just, you know, they're, typical like dollar movies at, at Walmart or whatever.
0: I like that analogy. It was good. Eddie, you have been such a great ad to this pod, bro. I mean, oh, come thanks, on. Jay. Holy cow, man. Um yeah, I, I don't I don't have anything to add there. I mean to to end it on with this just uh the, the whipped cream on top right there, Vinny. I mean that was that was wow. That was special. That was special. I mean boys look like this team it's, it's unfortunate but like what would be great is is that they look and say okay we haven't spent a lot of money why don't we grab some of these lower end guys these lower end free agents who are you know like a like a uh you know if i'm looking at it right now like a candelario would be an awesome pickup i know he may require a little bit more money i know that that is somebody maybe that's like at their peak of what they'd be able to go after but you put him over at first base that fulfills a need right there you're not taking away any spots. If I'm looking at it right now, you're not taking away any spots from any prospects coming up. There's nobody that's coming up right now. You're looking at, I know we'll talk about him in a little bit, but Tamar Johnson, he's taken over second base in a few years. That's a position right now. That's a major need. They got their catcher. They got their third baseman. They got their shortstop. They got a center fielder, a left fielder, right field like this lineup is very, very good. So I, I hope that they can make uh, if I were to put a peak level prospect there, I would want somebody like that. Um, but I mean, you throw out Mitch Keller, you throw out Quinn Priester, and we'll talk about my uh, top prospect here in a little bit. So let's roll in that last segment here, boys. Of course, uh, I'm going to start off with the number one prospect right now for the Pirates. Uh, a true phenom in, in itself is Paul Skeens. Um, he's the number one pick, of course, in the 2023 draft out of LSU. Um, if you're looking at the Pirates really quick with their top prospects, they have four in the top 100. They have Skeens, Johnson, uh, Jared Jones, and Anthony Solometto. So they have some guys coming up, and Skeens will be one of those guys. If you're looking at this year, I don't want you to judge him off this year just because he came off such an extensive year at LSU uh, where he pitched 122 innings. He struck out 209 batters, which that is a 45% rate. So college baseball is definitely not going to miss Paul Skeens every day from the hitting standpoint, but he pitched a total of six and two thirds innings in twenty twenty three. Uh, he made it up to just double A for just two starts. I mean, there's not really anything we can look at there and 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 judge off of that because I know that they have to be cognizant of the fact of how much stress this guy had on his arm here over this past year but i pick paul Skeens. um i'll start with uh, whoever whoever actually uh, has a prospect they want to throw out there that is somebody to watch out for whether that is a top prospect for them maybe an underrated guy i'll let it open i'll open the floor to you guys
2: i can start us off um you mentioned his name ty uh Jared jones top 100 guy um, probably going to slide into that rotation. You know, if they don't, right now, if they don't add any free agent starters, he'd probably slide in after spring training as the starting pitcher four, starting pitcher five um, at the bottom of the rotation. But, you know, top 100 guys, so obviously high expectations. Big power fastball, what you look for in those prospects. Sits 96, 97. Um, started in double A, made the jump to triple A halfway through the year last year. Numbers dipped a little bit in AAA, um, as, as they happen sometimes as you advance up in the minor leagues. But, um, you know, big power arm. He's expected to be in the majors for majority of this season. So, like I said, top 100 guy. So, a lot of expectations. So, look out for him coming up this year.
1: Um, I will bring up one of my favorite minor league guys in baseball. If you haven't heard the name, you better learn it because his name is Bubba Chandler. Do you guys know anything about Bubba Chandler? Have you heard the name before?
2: I don't. He is incredible.
1: Let me, what? I said Mr. Nomato, fill us in. Let me tell you about Mr. Bubba Chandler. So Bubba, on top of having one of the greatest names in baseball, in minor league baseball, there's quite a few great names. We could have a little bit of an episode about that, but Bubba Chandler is a product of Clemson. So he went to Clemson and he was a football player and a two-way baseball player, right? He was one of the highest ranked quarterbacks coming into college and he didn't play much at Clemson. He actually, he focused on baseball and then he was drafted and he continued to be a two-way player. He was a shortstop and a pitcher. And so not only does it, you know, not only is he an incredible, incredible athlete to be able to do all that. Um, but if you look at a picture of him, he reminds you of like a, a Joe dirt light who doesn't like to see Joe dirt playing some baseball. I think that's just so much fun. Um, the guy just looks like a stud. Like I think he should try to grow out the, uh, what do you call them? Mutton chops? Right. That is that what that is. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's <laughs> got it. Bubba's got to grow that out because he just, I mean, you talk about a stud, that's him. So um, let's get to like the actual stats though. Like, on top of him being a great athlete playing quarterback for Clemson and being a two-way player. He actually, this past year, gave up being a two-way player. They told him, you know, focus on, on pitching or hitting. So he decided to focus on pitching. Um, And so his stats don't really jump out. He ended up with a four, seven, five ERA, just a 25% strikeout rate at high A and 106 innings. But he throws a mid to upper nineties fastball with a plus slider and the, the thing that you have to pay attention to is it was really a tale of like two seasons for him. So in the first 62 innings, he posted a six, seven, nine ERA. Um, but in the second half, that's when he really started to turn it on and right. You know, it takes some time maybe for him to get comfortable as just being a pitcher in the second half, he was a completely different pitcher. Um, he posted a one, six, six ERA across 40, 48 innings um with 51 strikeouts and 13 walks and 5 of he allowed 9 earned runs in the second half and 5 of those 9 came in one start. So he certainly started to look the part. He has a terrific arsenal. Um and one of the things that I find amazing is his fastball has 20 inches of induced vertical break. So um great cutter, great fastball, great changeup. Um he just he looks the part. He's a stud. So I, I can't wait to see Bubba Chandler pitching for, for the Pirates. He's got ace upside. He
0: really does.
3: He, he looks like he could be a stud.
0: Fantastic name. Fantastic.
3: Um, Yeah, and then the guy that I was going to talk about on the Pirates is a little bit lower down the ranks list, but Matt Gorski, um, a guy who can be a true center fielder for them, I think. There's some power potential in the bat going to be able to steal a fair amount of bases. And then we'll also just cover the outfield real well for them. So probably not going to come up at all this year, but at some point down the road, I think that's a guy who will be a um, staple in the pirates, big league lineup. Good stuff, boys. Um, Last thing
0: to note here, Jim Leland announced to the hall of fame. Uh, One story about him that I learned today was that he had checked into a hotel one time when he was uh, managing And he went up to the room, unpacked his bags and immediately came downstairs uh, and told the front desk that uh, somebody was smoking in our room. uh, And please do not charge me. It turns out that it was him uh, grabbing on just a quick smoke break in the room. So uh, an absolute you talk about legends of the managerial game. Jim Leland is a guy that I look back on and say all I can picture him in the dugout uh, in Detroit. Was him and a cigarette, with his mouth going out, arguing about a uh, uh, balls and strikes with an umpire or whatever he was doing, and then uh, then progressing to then take his hat off for God Bless America, and still arguing with the umpire during God Bless America. Absolute legend of the game. If you guys have anything about him, please. I I, I just thought that when I saw that happen. You go on X right now, it's just story after story after story that maybe some are more appropriate you know, appropriate if you want or inappropriate. So recommend going online for that. But anything to add there, fellas.
2: No, guys, just a legend. I mean, you know, you mentioned it all. One of the great personalities that baseball's ever seen. So happy for the guy and happy he got in.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. Good degree more. Yeah.
0: Great stuff, Ty. All right, boys. Well, to everyone that tuned in, thank you. I know this is a longer episode than normal, but we have uh, hopefully one of the most electric, chaotic weeks in the history of baseball this upcoming week at the winter meetings in Nashville. Um, If there's anything that drops, we will hopefully be able to do an emergency pod, uh, but we do have day jobs as well, so we kind of have some other things going on. Um, To everybody that tuned in, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Big Fly Pod, and uh, we'll talk to you again here soon.